0: Hi everybody, Will here with this week's interview chair. Today we have Mr. Peter Frosch from Melbourne, Australia. Hi, everybody. Will here with this week's interview chair. This week from Melbourne, Australia, we have none other than Mr. Peter Frost, Iris Center breeder, L Aubrey judge and ex or past vice president of the Australian Kennel Club. Did I get everything? I think so. Got yeah. enough. There's got to be. There's a, there's a whole list more, but I, uh, it would sound like I'm introducing Tiger Woods if I do it, so oh, I won't we'll do it. it. How are you, Peter? I'm well. Thanks, Will. It's good to see you. you're spending some time in, in
1: America with Sam, are you? Yes, yes. I've been judging in California and Montana, and I've come here for a holiday and a rest before going home. And lucky you. I called Sam, and I found that you were there. Yeah, hiding, incognito. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's begin. I'm going to start off with the one question, and uh, let's see where it goes from there. How did you get started in the sport of dogs, Peter?
1: well we'd always had dogs in the family and then at one stage bought an Irish setter and I was walking him one night and a car pulled up and stopped and said that is the most beautiful dog where did you get him and I said oh whatever the kennel was and I said is he registered and I said oh yeah 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 he's got all his papers do you show him and I said no and they said you should he's good and I went home and I thought I will (laughs) and I did and he went out the first time and won a blue ribbon and I was hooked how old were you then, Peter? Uh 21.
0: 21. Just a youngster.
1: Yeah. Well, so I still where, am. <laughs> Me too. So, so where did it go from there? Uh, it went to showing him, titling him, buying a bitch from one of the top breeders in Australia from Sydney, breeding on, and then it just went, it gradually progressed from showing to going onto the committee of the Irish City Club, uh Victoria. Then and I think you're I think
0: you're going across a lot. I think you're giving us the Coles notes of Peter Frost. I want to know the real stuff from you, you. You got you got your bitch
1: from from, do you remember where? Yeah, nova Hamilton, Quailmore Kennels. Oh, I know Nora. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was that was it. And then I was lucky enough to find have a great person who Red Irish setters, but was probably the top English setter breeder called Joan Christoph, and she took me under her wing and said, "You know, now we we'll look around and look at what your bitch needs and look, Barbara." And she said, "I think you should." There's a good dog, and so I used the dog, and Joan became the mentor, and everything. It just went from there, and it just evolved. You know, it's it it's one of those things that does evolve. You do get to this point, and then you think I'll try the next point, and it's like becoming a judge well i never really thought about entering becoming a judge and i started off doing the sporting or what we call the gun dog group and once i'd finished that i went on and did the terrier group and and by the time how I was did you the, how did
0: you get involved in judging then how did how did it how did it evolve from you showing this this Irish setter that someone saw you walking to being a judge
1: well I probably looked at what they did in the ring and i thought i could do that better well, <laughs> oh, if, if that's what it takes to be a judge, I can qualify. <laughs> no, I don't know. It, just, it was just one of those things that just naturally evolved. I suddenly thought I might, you know, I'd done a lot, you know, I, I'd enjoy showing and I still do. How Although long I don't did you need... show dogs before you decided to be a judge? Probably eight, nine years. Okay. Maybe more. Thinking back, yeah, probably. So were no, so no, you
0: me. judging by by the age of 30?
1: Starting, yeah. yeah. And you're only
0: 35 now, so you've, you've progressed.
1: Uh, I was a rapid learner, <laughs> accelerated learner. <laughs> yeah. So but, you were uh,
0: showing dogs for about seven or eight years. Was it always Irish setters?
1: No, I've had an English setter and a Gordon setter. Um, and the English said it no. And she came to me because somebody, as I said, the woman Joan Christoph had this bitch came in and was one of from her lines, but um and the people didn't want it, so they were looking for a home for it. And I said, Well, look, give it to me, I can fit it in at the moment. Um what the Kennel was John from uh well, Kennel Tyburn. I'm sorry. T-Y-B-Y-R-N.
0: So how did you meet John? Just at a dog show?
1: Yeah, actually very funnily at a dog show. I pulled up at a dog show and they pulled up beside me and I got out of the car and the lady in the car next door got out and banged her door of the car right against mine and her husband went out of his tree. <laughs> not, <laughs> a, not a a. Not that he damaged his car, it was a Mercedes. Not a worry about that. It was that he might have put a mark on my car. Look what you've done to that car. And I said, There's nothing here. It's fine. Polish off. And that was where it started. So he he said, Come into the R uh, well caravan, but the RV for a cup of coffee. And I stayed <laughs> from then on. It was just, and it was, it was great. That's just, it was one of those things that evolved. It was just, you know, and when I had my first letter, she said, now, um, you won't have to do anything. You may have to, but you won't have to. But there's always nice to have somebody there who knows, who's not attached to the things. And she said, ring me. And I rang her at midnight and I said, she started. And she said, I'll be there. And, you know, she came out, the. New, you know, we were going and going and we'd get it all neat and tidy. And she'd say, oh, my God, she's having more. So she'd have another one. We got up to 16. <laughs> Good thing she
0: was there. I, like, if I had to my first letter, I'd be, whoa, 16.
1: Well, I oh, no, I'd have probably sat and watched. The bitch was doing quite well without me. Um, but she was, you know, and that's just it. Joan was one of those people you could ring at any hour of the day or night. She'd just drop everything and come, or you could talk to her and say, well, I need this or so-and-so. And, but it sort of uh, it evolved, and then I kept one out of that letter, and, you know, so I bred on, and then I... Eventually brought one in from America, uh, a dog, and so it's it's gone. And which dog did moment, you bring in? Saxony's Evening Tide, the brother of yeah. Saxony. Evening he, Reflection,
0: Andrew's brother.
1: I- no, um, he was the brother of Snow in August. Oh, Fonzie. Okay, Fonzie. Yeah, I got yeah. pick of the litter, and I picked the right one. <laughs> Everybody says that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everybody who saw. Connor, from all the Americans who saw him and who saw Fonzie, kept saying, "You got the right one." Oh, good. You know, I, must, I must admit, when I looked at all the winning Fonzie was doing, and I'm thinking, "Gene Duke me." <laughs> and then I, and then I looked, and I actually saw Fonzie. I thought, "No, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have had Connor." So well,
0: that's but, good. Um, so that's all the years. Uh, so you, you, you went over there and picked out Connor then?
1: No, no, I. I had originally, I fell in love with a dog at the Irish Center National in Michigan, a nine-month-old puppy. And I said to another Australian judge, he was there, who also had Irish centers, and I said to Peter Mangos, we were talking, he said, did you like what they did? And I said, yeah, but I would have done something different. And he said, you would have done something different. And I said, I'd have given given the winner's dog to the nine-month-old puppy. And he looked at me and said, I could too. And that was Saxon, um, That was Saxony's Evening Tide. Um, Andrew, yeah, Evening oh, Tide. Evening oh, Reflections, reflection. reflection. yeah. yeah, and that was Andrew. So after the show was over and everything was in, I went around and marched and said to Jean Roche, can I order a puppy? And she said, yes. Well, we had a puppy and he broke a tooth. He broke a canine tooth and she was terrified about sending him. And I said, Send him, it doesn't worry me, and it won't worry our judges. I said, if I was judging and open the mouth and the, the bites right and there's a broken tooth, well, these things happen. And somebody who I will not name had asked, had come to use one of Jean's dogs and wanted to buy this, you know, wanted to buy the dog, and she said no. And she said, Can I use him? And he she said, he's not mine, he's Peter Frost's. Um and then when he broke the tooth. Jean rang that person because she had sent dogs to Australia and she said, I'm trying to get in touch with Peter Frost and I've lost his phone number or something or other. And then the person rang back Jean a few weeks, you know, a little while later and said, um, oh, I've been speaking to him he no longer wants him because of the tooth. And she took him. She she took him and I, ran, I rang Jean and I said, just let it go. Just leave it alone. It's fine by me. We'll wait and see. If you have to take the tooth out, because that was the concern, um, he'd been gnawing on a um, on the wire on the kennel. And I said, if you've got to take the tooth out, it might cause a bit of a realignment and we'll worry about it. We'll see how we go. And I ran back and said, I don't care how we go, how, how the mouth is, I want him. And she said... A few expletive words and she said, but she didn't want him. So and so told me. And I said, I haven't spoken to so and so. And she said, so blah, blah, blah. And so. <laughs> sorry. I said, a those
0: so-and-so's.
1: Things. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. And that was it, I couldn't get him back. So she said, I said, Well, let's try again. And she said, Okay, I guarantee you. Nothing will leave the yard until you say it's okay. And she rang up. She made it two bitches, cream de la cream, and one other one I can't remember the other one because didn't. And she rang up and she said you now own twenty four or something Sac- Saxony Irish setters. And I said oh, okay. How many how many bitches have you got? And she said I think it was thirteen bitches and eleven dogs or something like yeah. that. And I said can I give you a present of thirteen bitches? And she said okay. I said, say get rid of all those. And I'm not being funny. She rang on a regular basis and she'd say, you know, this is when you're about eight or nine weeks old, and she'd say, I think the yellow one can go. And she said, I'm pretty sure the... I said, fine, the yellow one goes. And we got down to three dogs, um, and she was backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And one was... What was the Liam's name? There was snow in August, my boy... And from a different from a different size, she used a different a different in one of them, and she kept and she finally rang up and she said, "It's the red boy, it's Redman." And I said, "Okay," and she said, "No, I've been looking at them and looking at them, and it's Redman." And I said, "Okay, fine," and I said, "If you think it's him, it's him," and over he came, and. You know this big gawky puppy got got out, got out of because I had to do quarantine, and he came out of quarantine, and he was emaciated. He wouldn't eat in mm-hmm. quarantine. You know, I'd taken it. Jean said, "You was his all eat lamb, don't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "I'll put him on Purina lamb and rice or whatever it was. Can you get it there first? So as we checked. Yeah, we can get that. I took out the Purina lamb and rice. No, it didn't do any good. He came home and. He was as happy as Larry. Ate like oh. a <laughs> horse. As soon as he, he he was a he was a people person. Yeah. He just didn't like being the team. Even though it was a week, it had come down. It used to be, it used to be six months, years and years ago. And then it went to three months, and then a month, and now it's, you know it was a week. No, it was it was sorry, it was a month. He had a month. It's now a week, and that month nearly killed him. You know, you were allowed to go visit him once a week. So once a week, oh, I wow. went out and asked him and fed him out there while I was there and played with him and thing like that and then to go away and the next week he'd come back and I'd do it all over again. So no, that's where it sort of started. And then, you know, the How judging. Did you show, Connor? Um, not a lot because, to be honest, he was exactly what I thought we needed. He, um, he got best in shows, um, but he was a little short Gene and I discussed that when probably each of, like, as the ideal dog, an inch or an inch and a half longer. Um, but I always thought the Australian bitches were getting longer and longer and longer. They were like freight trains. You know, half the dog was in and the rest was still coming around the corner of the ring. Um, and he was only used six times because he was different and, you know, there's this big thing, you know, and the people who used him, who was the top Irish setter breed in Australia, a guy called Keith McCarthy from Tara Glen said to me once he, after he'd virtually stopped every showing, and he said, you know, of all the litters i bred, the best litter I ever bred was the Connell litter. And I think he had four or five best in show winners out of him. Um, and then another woman used him, and she got the number one bitch in the country. Um, Carrie Payne used him in Canberra and had a Dog did a, Did multiple best in show winning. And the funny thing is, the moment they're dead, Will, everybody suddenly realises they should have used him. Yeah. You know, do you have him frozen? Yes. Can I use him? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, anybody who used him when he was alive could use him now he's dead. But no, I'm sorry, you can't. And as a, talking of that, I'm going home to pick up, well, to help pick out. We've just had a litter from him and he's been dead 20 years. Um from the granddaughter of of the bitch that was the top winning bitch, who herself is a an AI from a dog that had been dead fifteen years. So this is sort of like Back to the Future. Yeah, well, that should so, be interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, look, it's it's amazing that it works. It shows you how far science and technology has come. Oh my god! Yeah, I sure. um I brought in Stephen you um from. Opie, the Hackenberg dog, Castlebar's command present. Yep. And, I Opie. Yeah, I got I brought in semen from Opie and had pub, and you know, this was a whole new thing. It was it was very experimental. And the vet said, you know, I've never done this before. And I said, that's okay. We'll give it a go. And you know, I went out for the ultrasound and he, he's doing the you know thing on the thing. And Scarlett's looking at him as much as say, Do I get to pink? Pink, the pick jello, can I lick it? And, he's doing, and he said, there's one, there's another, there's three. And I said, fine. And he said, Oh, yeah, yeah. And the next time I went back, he said, ah, there's three. And I said, that's fine. It's perfect. I don't care. And she has the puppies. And I rang him up and I said, Well, some you are, she's had five. <laughs> Um, and that was the first day I literally had ever had probably close to the first in the country Um, and you know it was just it's one of those things I you know I've always loved the look of the American dogs there's Mm -hmm. things I don't know about them obviously but there's that sort of scopiness and a glamour um, which I remember judging years ago with um, Rick Beauchamp and we were at the judges dinner and he said he was sitting there and he said, you know, Peter's from Australia and they breed the best Irish setters in the world. And I just looked and said, oh, thanks, Rick, but you don't have to say that. And he said, no, I'm not, I'm not. He said, I've said it before. He said, you, because you're willing to take the glamour from America and mix it with the soundness of England. And he said, get that dog in the middle that's glamorous and sound. And he said, the English won't touch the Americans and the Americans don't want to touch the English. And he said, but you just go right ahead and blend. And we do. We also blend um, the English Springer Spaniels, you know, which are from the two countries that are totally yeah. different. And they, they bring them in and they blend them down and come out with these dogs, that, you know, somewhere in the middle. But So I know it's, it's just been one of those things, I you know. But I remember looking at, at Andrew at this nine-month-old puppy and I could have just swept him out of the ring. And now I thought that's it, that he had that look. Um, so, and hopefully the, his grandson had it, his, Connor had it, and hopefully now Connor's son's going to have it.
0: Well, that's exciting, Peter. I hope it works out. I'd be interested in seeing
1: it. Oh, well, there's four of them. There's a bitch and three dogs. And I was talking to the woman who's got them at the moment, and I said, I love the bitch. And she said, yeah. And I said, and I don't know which dog. I said, because they're all stacked up we're doing. she's doing videos and nothing leaves until I get home and probably won't leave in three or four weeks after that. And I said, I'll, I'll look at this one and I think, yeah, and then you put the next one up and I think, yeah. And the third one goes up and I think, yeah. <laughs> and she said, that's what we are. Her and her daughter, you know, Jacinta's 31 or 32. And she said, we keep sitting here saying, I like him. No, I like him. I like that one. And I said, and she said, she just said, "I love this litter. I've never had, I've never had so much trouble picking out of a litter." So, which is good, but you know, I think that's
0: so- great because you've been judging for a, a quite quite some time now, and you're still just as passionate about breeding the dogs. I think that's great. And so you well, don't hear that a lot.
1: What's, what's even greater is I, I'm in cahoots with somebody who passionately breeds, so they can do all the work, and I can just sit down there. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, but it's the best of both worlds, realistically. Yeah, oh, that's great. So what year did you start judging? <sighs> about uh, 82, 83, I think. Oh Wow. You know, after about 10 years, I gradually got up my – that's when I finished the first – I finished the Gundog Sporting Group. So – And you judged and- all over the world now. Um Yep, Um, South America, Colombia, South Africa, New Zealand, Thailand, the States, Canada. Um, Yeah, that's about it, all around Australia. Do you have have any mentors
0: that you would call your mentor in judging?
1: Um, Not that I would call a mentor, but there are people that you look at and you think, you know what you're doing. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. see them and and you think, yep, yeah, you can walk in, you watch them walk into the ring and you, you know, you know exactly what they're looking for and you can follow them and they're consistent. Um, and I think that's what makes a good judge. Yeah. I mean, we all have our own opinion. Now, I might focus, somebody said to me, You're into movement. <laughs> and I said into what? See it again? Into movement. Okay. You know, and I said, yeah, I can't help it, and, they, and it's not necessarily in the sporting group. Um, and I remember years and years ago judging in California, and she died just recently, Marsha Hall-Brown, and mm-hmm. Marsha was sitting there, and there was, I was doing the hound group, and I hadn't actually judged all the hound group, and it was an Irish wolfhound, and somebody said something, and Marsha said, he'll have the wolfhound. And she said, they said, what do you mean? She said, watch that dog go out and back. And she said, then watch it go around. She said, it's as sound as sound. And that soundness will take that wolf out. You know, and it's just one of the, it's little things like, and one of the nationals, I was, I was there and Craig Hackenberg came up and said, you know, Pete, would you show a dog tomorrow? And I said, this is, this is before the best of breed class. And I said, oh, do you want me to show Opie? And he said, no, you're not showing Opie, I'm showing (laughs) Opie. Sue Hayden asked me if I would show show one of her dogs that she'd sold to this young person, and I said, I'm not the best handler. I said, I never have been a handler handler. And I said, you know, but I'll give it a go. So I went round in the morning and I get the dog and I, put my hand underneath him and drop him onto his front because we don't do the, you know, putting one leg in and one leg out. We tend to drop them down and then, and I did that. and That was fine and then I stacked him up and we got into the ring and, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're in that ten. One, two, three, four, and you get in and I go in for my ten, went around first thing in the morning. They, uh, The dog was wet, they were blow drying him. When I went back to get ready to go into the ring, he was wet again and they were blow-drying. He's poor dog. <laughs> and go, and we get into the first, going for our group in the first 10 and Claire Andrews came along and just pointed to me and pointed to the steward and three others. She pulled out four of us. And, you know, I was the first one out of the, that 10 and I got down to about the last, I think it was the last 20 or the last something like that. It was second or third, second last cut, I think. and. That was it. And well, the people, the young couple who owned him was ecstatic. They didn't do this. He was a young dog. He just got his title and they'd never seen him shown. They'd always shown him himself. And that night, they introduced me to Claire Andrews. And Claire was, you know, such a collector of Irish set of stuff. She said, I remember you. And I said, Yes. She said, You showed to me today. And I said, Yes, thinking, Oh my God, I must have been that bad. She said, I remember you for two reasons. That was the most magnificent tie I've ever seen. Where did you get it? (laughs) And I laughed and I said, in Australia. And she said, and the second reason, and I said, I know, the second reason, and she said, what was it? I said, there are 132 dogs and animals in the best of breed class and only one had had its tail held horizontally. And she said, exactly, and that took you a hell of a long way. (laughs) Because, you know, years ago previous ones I'd been saying to Randy um, Kubas, I don't know how you put up with those tails. And he says, you Aussies are always fixated on the tails. They're fine. And I said, okay, yeah, they're fine. And a couple of years later, I was back at a national again and Randy said, you know, you were talking, and said, about the tails, he said, we can't get rid of them now. And I said, no, it, it just spoils the whole outline of the dog for me. I said, it should be the extension of the back line at horizontal. And you know, it's just little quirky things you watch. And you know, I can watch judges, and I think, yeah, they'll do, they'll do something in this class, and they'll do something different in that class. And I'm, thinking, no, 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 that's not that's not really judging. I think the best judges were the old terrier people. Myself, the old terrier people, they were dog people and dog judges. Um, and I think we sort of lost some of that. But no, I don't really have a judge, a dog, a judge that I would say as a mentor. There's some I watch and admire, um, you know, and I, I love watching their ring, you know, how they handle the ring, et cetera, like that. But no, I get in there and I do my own thing and I try to make it fun, as I say to the people. It's fun, but when I look at the dogs, I'm deadly serious. But it's not, you know, you're not supposed to be in there and I talk to the dogs because um, I always believe if, you, if you're talking and the dog hears you talking to the owner, it thinks, well, he must know me, or you know, he must know them. And it settles them down. These, you know, you come up and you say nothing. The dog's looking at you thinking, who the hell's that? Well, for sure,
0: they get a little standoffish, everybody's quiet like that. You're you're right. They, they relax more when they feel a a, a a, almost you're friends with the with the handler or the owner. So
1: yeah, it's exactly right. The connection. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, and I've got, I have plenty of time for dogs that aren't rigid little show dogs, you know, especially young dogs. They, you know, I say, just don't worry about it. If, if they can't go over them, I say, take them out and back and we'll try it again. Yeah. And, then, and just play, you play with them a bit and, you know, settle them down and then eventually the one that's looking like it's gonna, you're going to kill it, Suddenly, relaxes and just stands there as much as saying, "Well, this isn't that bad at all." So, but that's what it should be. I mean, I've had I've had dogs that I've shown put off in the ring by a judge, and it takes you ages to get them back. You know,
0: there's there's, there's little things. Well, when they kind like, of push themselves on the dog. The dogs tend to to react. So,
1: yeah, and some people. When They're going over, do you? You must find it too. Some people, when they're going over the dog, they're virtually putting their weight on the withers, mm. don't have to, you know. And you can see the dog physically trying to hold itself up as this person's leaning going down, it. yeah. So well, we're already asking
0: them to do an unnatural thing, and then you, then you get a an official like that. And it's it's hard on the animals. So
1: yes, it is. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny when you're talking with the tails. When I was younger, showing dogs, I, there was a I don't know if you remember Bill Brennan in Canada. Remember Bill Brennan? Yeah, I, gun yeah. dog guy. Yeah, and he used to always yell at me. He'd say it's a tail, not a sail, William. And he'd always smack my hand down. So that goes through my head every time. Mm. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, things come in and then they become the thing. But, you know, Claire, when she spoke in the, the, you know, the after show dinner, she spoke about tails, why are they holding them up, blah, blah, blah. And I knew then then that was had to be something she would think. And I did. It just was automatic. I'd never, I'd never hold a tail up. I couldn't. It just wouldn't fit, you know, because we were virtually the same as that too. Put the tail down, you know. Um, and I think... I was lucky. I'm not I'm not a good handler. I'm the first person to admit it. But <clears throat> we don't have professional handlers in Australia. Everybody just goes out and shows their dogs, or you know, somebody turns up with three dogs and needs somebody to show if somebody's say, I'll show it, that's fine. But we do we Keith McCarthy was the most brilliant handler. You know, he could take a pug and turn it into an Irish setter virtually, you wouldn't notice. And I think that made us all get better. Well, it certainly does. Yeah. You know, you look at this and you think, "I've got." To, I, that's what I compete with. And I remember at Melbourne Royal, which is our big show, which has about four and a half thousand dogs, and we're in a class. Must have been a class of bitches, I think. I mean, they're all in the class. And Keith sort of shuffled and readjusted, so everybody else around him shuffled and readjusted and shuffled and readjusted and. You know, move a bit forward and move a bit forward. And the steward came down in there. I think about four of us, and he just looked and said, "He was just—he was a great steward." And Bill looked at us and said, "Do you want me to wait until you get to the other side of the ring and send you back in line, or do you want to go back now?" And we looked, and we were probably a good yard in front of everybody else, but we had <laughs> noticed because everybody was Keith at shuffle, we'd shuffle. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. learnt and he, um, and he was—he was very good too. He would virtually give advice, you know, don't do that, do this. You know, you know. Was Keith an Irish setter person as well? He was Tara Glenn Irish oh, he okay. was. Probably, yeah, he's probably the he was probably the top Irish setter person. Um he and Norma used to vote Norma Hamilton with Quailmore. They vied for it, but I think Keith would probably win. Um he he died not long ago either. So there's, you know, yeah. We're losing them. we're losing and we lose a lot of breed knowledge too, which is the sad thing. For sure.
0: Well I, that's how I met Simon when Simon was showing for Norma. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, that's how yeah. I knew him through, through that red craze dog. Yeah.
1: And then yeah, I mean, but you know, it's just and they they had their secrets, but they would share, you know, mm. share basic information and, and I think that's what we are. You know, I think that's what is missing so much now. Everybody, we—I find a lot of people. It's like, I can't. This is mine, and you can't touch it. You can't have this, and so on. And you say to the neck, "It's the most beautiful gloss on the coat." What do you use? Oh, I'm not telling you. Oh, really? Okay, fine. Um, you know, things like that. But, um, yeah, I think yeah, we've become a little. I don't know. I think it's probably the. It's it's the sort of social media age that you've got to get in, get out, and be gone. And and we we find now that people don't sit around. We used to all sit around the ring and watch you watch all you the breeds. Right? You know, you'd sit there and you. That's how you you learned an eye for a dog and and for things like that. But we used to sit around and we'd socialize and that. Now they don't. They they sit in their gazebos or their own little area and. Nobody really socialized with anybody. It's taken a lot of the fun out of dog
0: show. That's true. It's true, Peter. I, well, I remember being youngster, a youngster, sitting on the benches of the bench shows and just listening to everybody talk, and that's what I did. Oh. My parents have to drag me out of there, but I wanted to listen to them. So,
1: Well, I think in Australia, there's probably, probably each state's probably only got one bench show left.
0: Yeah, we don't have <laughs> any Canada anymore.
1: Now, that with, You know, that's like Melbourne Royal with its four and a half thousand there benched, Sydney Royal, Brisbane Royal, and so on. But, you know, I think we've become, you know, a lot of them, we don't have times. You know, well, like there's just here. so
0: much distraction now for everybody. And that, that's, the, 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 you're right, the age of the social media. There's just so many distractions that sometimes dogs take second, second seat, you know.
1: Well, they'll come to the show and spend the entire time on their phone right um you know it's just one of those things that happens and you know but that's the way of the world and we don't have times like when you're judging it says at 10 15 you've got to start this breed so they know we don't and what's now happened i find is that people will ring up and say you know i've got I've got a whimmerana. What time am I, what time do you reckon I need to be there? I oh, need to be by by 11:30. They come about 11:20. They show and if they hadn't won they go. Yeah. You know, whereas before they used to come early and sit around and you know, do the lunches and, and watch and the
0: judging. I I just uh, I love going to a dog show and just sitting there and watch the judging. So.
1: Yeah. I mean what I can Sorry, go ahead. What, no, go on. What
0: do you find because you because you've judged all over the world but what are the differences of judging, let's say, in your country, Australia, as compared to North America?
1: Um, look, the judging's the same. Uh, the hard part for anybody coming here is in Australia, our shows are electronic. The stewards have iPads. The judge, well, the judge has never touched the, the actual book. That's the steward's job. Um, and you often get people and you'll say, "Now you don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. No, no, no. The steward will tell you this is your intermediate bitch class or whatever it is, and it all it, number sixteen's missing, but the rest are all present. And now they just do it electronically on a pad. Um, and as soon as you know, as soon as it's over, it, it zaps straight up to the thing. And at the end of the, you know, it's all printed out. And at the end of the day, you're given a printed electronic copy of the, the catalogue, the whole works. Um, that just seems it, too efficient, Peter. <laughs> it's it's like anything. Well, when it first came in, the stewards threw their hands up in the air. Oh my God, this is never going to work. Now, I can't work unless you've got show manager. That's one of the. Thing. Oh yeah, we're doing show manager. Fine, good. Yes, there's a couple of companies and some. You know, they'll use this one, and it's it's great. You know, and I've actually stewarded on them as well. Um, occasionally, I'll do a studding stint, and it's it's dead easy. So that difference is fine. The other the other big difference I find, well, I don't really find it as a difference, is we don't have, our champions stay in their class. We don't have a champion class. So if you've got an outstanding dog that's through at fifteen months, it stays in the junior class. It stays in the twelve to eighteen month old class. So when you're standing in front of the lineup for what we call challenge dog, you call winner's dog, and you the junior might have already have its title, you know, and it makes you look further up and down the line. But, um, no, look, once you get the hang of it, the only thing I have trouble with is the owner-handler. <laughs> and that's because half the exhibitors have trouble with it. They yeah. enter a the handler and, they, and I say, like, I was doing it last week. I thought, you've got an asterisk. Do you own a handler? No, I'm not eligible. I said, well, look, you've got one. No, it's not me. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, but, no, I don't find much difference. I mean, when you stand in the ring, you're judging the dog mm-hmm. and the rest of it's just the add-ons. The I find it funny. I mean, Australia is FCI, but it's only an associate um, country, so we're not really FCI. Don't let them hear me. But um, I was judging in Colombia, and I was doing the toy group. And something which is, I wish the kennel clubs would get together is breeds appear in different groups around the world. You know, and, it, and I'm judging the toy group, and the steward came up, and I'd, I'd gone off and learned some Spanish so I could give instructions. And they gave me a steward who spoke perfect English, and I was really annoyed. But anyway, she came up and she said, <laughs> Senor Frost. And I said, please call me Peter. Peter, do you mind if we do not follow the catalogue? I said, Oh, I said doesn't worry me but oh we never we quite, we quite often don't follow the catalogue and I said really okay fine I said she said well your next breed is chihuahuas and I said yes she said well Juan is in that ring of is in that ring and Carlos is in that ring and I said yes she said they show the chihuahuas <laughs> I said, okay fine whatever you like so I'm I can remember doing a Shih Tzu, which was in the toy group. For us, it's in non-sporting. Right. I'm going over the Shih Tzu. It's non-sporting on the here too. Yeah. yeah. And she came up behind me as so I was just about to send it off to run and she said, it okay, to do poodles next. And I said, yes. So I sent the dog over. I turned around and there was a white standard poodle standing behind me. And I looked at it and thought, that is the biggest toy poodle I have ever seen in my life. So, the FCI put all poodles into the toy group. Wow. Um, and it's like, I know they have 10 groups, but you know, you got to at least line some of them. Standard poodles, I wouldn't really call toy, but they, they classify their group now as toy and companion dogs. But you know, you're standing there, and I can remember doing the, the group. I'm looking along, and there's, there's this standard poodle, everything's down like, you know, 10, 12 inches mark and this this standard poodle. And he was black. But you choose one best of breed. Yeah, you choose one for best of breed. No, no, they do the three, there's three classes. Oh, there's three varieties, okay. Three varieties. And I'm standing looking at this black dog and I'm thinking, at that stage I wasn't fully licensed for poodles. And I'm thinking, well, if you know, I can't take my eyes off him. I said, thank you. I'll have the poodle. So I bring out the poodle. And then I'm doing best in show because they allow you to do breed, group, and show. They don't have the, which I think is a great idea where you have to have some, at least two opinions on the day. And I'm looking down and there's 10, 10 dogs in the lineup. I'm looking along thinking, yeah, I'm pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really licensed for the poodle, but I like it. I said, thank you. I said, if you're going to be wrong, be wrong in a big way. And I said, can I have the standard poodle, please? And the president of the club comes up and Fabian says, oh, I am so pleased you like the poodle. They flew in especially to show to you. I'm thinking, why would they show to me? I'm not a poodle person. I'm not licensed for poodles, but fully licensed, but I'm like provisional. I'm thinking, okay. And he said, you don't know who that dog is, do you? And I said, No. He said, "Come, we'll introduce you." And he goes over, and he said, "Whatever the dog's name, Maverick, something or other, of Saber, of Maverick, or whatever it was." And I said, "Oh, said, best in show at Crafts, best in show at the Yuba-Nuba World Show." And I said, "Where did they fly in from?" And he said, "New York." And I said, "New York." And he said, "He lives in Peru. (laughs) He's on his way home." (laughs) (laughs) And I just looked up and said, "Thank you, God." (laughs) Yeah, but you know the other. The other thing I find really funny between, say, Australia and America is you have three three winners, best of breeds for Cocker Spaniels, and we have one. You have we have one here too. In Canada. Yeah. 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 And the Americans have miniature and standard Daxons all in the same. They don't split them. We split the Daxons. We split so we, them as well.
0: Yeah.
1: But we six, we've got six. We're about to get nine. We're getting one of those, what do they call rabbitos or some little miniature, miniature miniatures. <laughs> but you know, it's I don't look, I don't really find it different. Um apart from the fact that you have the, you know, you have the best of breed classes, which we don't, so that it's quite easy to go down the line. But something. Something I do like we, we have is we do best-to-breed and runner-up because the number of times you've probably seen it where you have, say, two Irish set dogs that are clearly better in quality than the best bitch, and yet one of them just gets, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So we go best-to-breed, we bring the second dog in and you can have runner-up. At least you acknowledge what you consider, in your opinion, yeah. to be the second-best exhibit of the breed there that day but you know just thinking of funny times I judged in California I was doing the Irish Setter Club of the Pacific or something and I was down to three dogs the veteran and these two dogs and I was finally I said to the veteran look I love him but now you can go over there and I kept working these other two dogs and um finally I pointed to this one and said that one and I said to the other person it was so close. I said I could have either of them and I gave the ribbon out and they said, do you want to know the funny thing? This is Saxony's um, Snow in August and this is Saxony's blah, blah, blah. And she said, yes, you owned all three of them. You owned both of them. And I said, were they the other two? And she said, yes, <laughs> they were the other two. And Liam went to California and Snow went off to to um you know but it was just like this it was this weird thing I'm between these two dogs that so, and I somebody said afterwards and they said well you obviously like the style of dog you like and I said yeah but I said I can I appreciate other styles I can quite happily judge English dogs they're not like ours or it's like the golden retrievers which I judged in I was doing in California and I went in at lunchtime and Ken Murray said he was president of the club I think Ken Murray said I'm sorry, we've got you stuck right down the back there. He said, but that's where the sporting dogs are always. So, and he said, you know, he said, we kept thinking, we can't have an international judge right down in the corner. And I said, oh, it's been so entertaining. I said, it's fine. I don't care where I judge. And I said, I've had the time of my life. I said, I arrived this morning and I said, there were 13 or 15 tables there. As soon as I started judging, there was a golden retriever on every one. And for the entire morning of judging, they have done nothing but water those dogs down and, and blow away, and they've just gone from one to the other, from one to the other. And one of the other judges said, turned around and she said, oh, yes, Peter, don't you know the golden retrievers, they're the new poodles of the dog world. <laughs> <laughs> they spent all morning fluffing these poor golden oh, retrievers. I know. But you know, know.
0: I just started judging, Peter, and I find that that breed's a very difficult breed to judge. So. Just because it's, they've changed so much.
1: so yeah, Out of curiosity, do you have many? See, ours are mainly the old English style. You know, I like, I can see both. The, you know, I think the American style is probably a little sounder than we have. They've got more leg Ours are getting long and low, and they have a roll. You know, the head's different. Um, mm-hmm. But once you look at the first one, you think, it's okay, it's different. I can remember that. Yeah. And you just like I, I was
0: raised on English dogs up here. Um, but we have an influx of both now. So you yeah. you, you learn to adjust uh, adjust your eye to both.
1: Yeah, and you do, and, and they fit in. You can look at them and yeah. it's like, you know, people at home to me say, How can you like those American Spaniel Spaniels? And I say, because I can read the standard and I can see the dog. And right. might be extreme left hand end of the standard, but they're still in it. You know, and I said, you know. They're never, they're never oversized, you know, they're this and the thing. And I said, and I said, it's so, so eye so catching, you, know, oh, yeah. you know. But the breed I find the most difficult to come over here and judge is Labradors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're just, they're big in there. To me, they're just too big. And we were talking about it up in, in Missoula or in Montana. And my, somebody said, there was, you know, I said, It's just so big and they're they're sort of gross and that. And this person looked at me and said, well, you might get him out of the boat. They probably couldn't swim. We called them Bob. They could bob with the decoys. And then they looked at me and they said, the best part is you'd need a friggin' winch to get it back into the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just, I judged in, I did the mission circuit in California the week before and I did labs and I went to the classes and pulled out a class bitch and go to the breed. And this, this woman sort of looked quite shocked and she said, I don't really win often. And I said, because I don't look, I look different. And I said, that's why you're winning. You look different. And I said, you look like what we have at home. I said, it's a do- your dog looks fit for purpose. I said, that dog could swim, retrieve, and get itself back. And it was interesting. For the next three days of the four-day circuit, she got the breed and got it pulled out in the group and got second or oh, third. Yeah. And she came up and she said, it must be you. You started it. And I said, no, I didn't. I said, it's just you've had two Australians judge. And I said, that's a start. Um, but, you know, it's, dogs change and, you know, and it's one of those things as a breed, as a breeder and as, as a judge, you are sort of slightly responsible. You it, it shouldn't be. But, you know, you put up a dog with such and such and everybody's, you know, then somebody else will put it up and then all of a sudden people want to use it. They never look at, I don't think a lot of the people now look at the bitch and think she needs this. I need a dog that's got that. I don't care about the dog. I don't care about, I might hate the owner, I might do whatever it is, but it's got there. And it's like the, um, you know, the oodles, which I think are, <sighs> And I was, I'm often on the Kennel Club stand at the Melbourne Royal, and people will come up and say, Have you got any information on the Labradoodle or, you know, Cavoodle or something? I'd say, Sorry, it's not a breed that we'd recognize. Oh, that's just because it's blah, blah. And I say, No, no, no. I have Irish sitters. They started as a, as a crossbred dog. I said, "They were spaniels and this and that and everything else. And I said, You know, but what happened was I had a bitch that was good here that needed something there. So I looked around and found the dog that had that something there. I said, these oodles, I said, did you spread people put together one of those and one of those? They never look at the dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's the problem. Because we have we have a limited register where you we register every puppy, but you can put them on the main register or the limited register, which means not to be bred with. Or, you know, basically they're not to be, they won't be registered, but things like that. But well, you sell it as a pet, you've got no real control over it once it's gone. And they get home and they've got a Labradorans hand the corner's got a poodle that's also on the limited register and away they go. So but I think eventually that they're gonna come in. Those breeds will come in if they can finally get themselves organized to, you know, do the right thing. Do the five generation as a development register and and do that. But I don't I think the problem is a lot of them can't control bothered.
0: Yeah. But you hit the nail on the head by saying do the right thing. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, all the right things.
1: Yeah. And, you know, not everybody who breeds pedigree dogs does the right thing. But, you know, and I, I don't think I don't think pedigree dogs sell themselves enough. They don't sell the health aspects of our dogs. You know that we do every health test we can possibly do. The Irish City Club spends Tens hundreds of thousands of dollars on developing tests for you know for possible things in the breed well, these people don't you know and I just and we we've i mean we're facing a bit of a backlash you know it's, I think it's probably worldwide but um i when I was president, I had the premier of the state on the phone one afternoon with the head of the agriculture department we were talking about you know what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And I said to him, you know, we do this and we do that. And he said, and I said, listen, I'll explain it like this. I said, there's a disease called PRA. I explained what that was. And I said, right, say there's a, a te- there is a test for Irish setters. I said, every Irish setter in Australia has been tested PRA. Very clearly. We started off straight away and, and got in and said, do it now. If you do this generation, you save somebody out of the next generation and so on and get the old ones while they're still there. And I said, so there's a test for PRA and say there's a test for golden retrievers. If I cross my Labrador with my golden retriever, neither test works. They're breed specific. Really? And I said, yep. And he said, right. And at the end of the conversation, he, he was great. He was really quite good about it. And he said, okay, what we're going to say is that Dogs Victoria, because we've all changed our names over there, Dogs Victoria will be the benchmark. The others are going to have to match you. And I said, match us when they can, but sometimes they can't. They can't match you on some breed test because there aren't tests. But you know, so, but it is a matter of do the right thing, and it's also a matter of I think it's a matter of encouragement too. You know, when you get you get new people there, it's up to other exhibitors and it's up to judges to make time to work with them, you know, and you, it's too often now, you know, I turned up, I turned up with the first guy to, virtually to show and a couple of the Irish set of people came over and said, now, listen, you need to do this and you need to do that, blah, 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 blah. Now, right, we'll come and show you. How, and at the show they said, come on, we'll show you how to trim him up, you know, let's do the coat and you, because in those days we did it all by thinning scissors, none of these electric things, um, you know, and those sort of people, they're around, but there's not enough of them. You know, theres I don't think there's as many people now, and I don't think as many people who are showing forget they started somewhere. You know, they just didn't miraculously get to this point in, in time. Um, and that's what I find when I'm judging too. If I get somebody in the ring who's, you know, the steward will say, this is a new exhibit. Well, that's fine. I'll give them extra time. I don't give them any, the dog any extra consideration, but i give them time and right. go out and do this. No, 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 come back here. If the dog starts to pop along, stop and start again. Oh, okay, right. And that's much better. And now stand it up and see what I'm doing here. I had a girl with a, um, I gave it the owner handler group with an Anatolian sheepdog, which, and, Quite un- Anatolian. It was as friendly as friendly. You, you're going over it, and the titles going like this, and uh, I, it was. I saw it at one stage. There was a young kid in a wheelchair being pushed by, and the dog's got its head right in on that. And I said, you know, and she said, "This is. I've, I've only. This is his first weekend. I'm You know, being able. To, I'm showing him And I said, "Right, come with me." After I'd finished, and there was, I had no more connection to have to do it. I, you know, was going to see it again. And I said, All "Right, now come around here." And one a couple of the others who were with him went around, and I said, now, right, stand him up. And I said, no, no, stand him up. The legs have to be. And I said, now, when you do the back, do the inside one first, then lean under the dog or over the dog, whatever you like, and do the outside one last so that it doesn't have the weight on it and you'll keep more turn of stifle. And... I saw. I was watching her in the ring the next day and I saw her going, she's doing this and she's doing that. And she came out and she said, did you look better? And I said, yeah, you did. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the whole point. We all start off and there's, you know, so many people just won't give new exhibitors the time. They just, yeah. you know. It's so we've almost them. become elitist
0: at some point. I think it's getting better now, but we went to a phase here anyway where, it almost felt some of our exhibitors were becoming elitist and weren't accepting new exhibitors and weren't giving them, giving them the time that they need. It's it's definitely, since COVID is definitely getting better, I, I find that people are giving people more time and trying to help out here. Yeah,
1: anyway. I think you're right. I think COVID made people a lot more people aware, made people certainly more family aware. Yeah. But, you know, and I think they're more aware of people, but you know, they, they arrive and they do their thing and get out of the way. I'm on my way into the ring, you know, type thing. Um, but you know, it's I love the you know I love the exhibitors. I had one at the Irish Centre National when I did the bitches in St Louis. And there were what was it, 273 bitches, and I did the same thing: set them up here, over and back to that corner, and then around to the end of the line. So set this one over and back to the corner, and somebody went that way. He just ran off to my left. He came back and I said, ask question? He said, yeah. And I said, 272 others have gone to that corner. Why would you go to that corner? <laughs> and, and I said, you obviously haven't watched. And he went, I'll go again. I said, too late now. I said, I did watch you go. I said, but why don't you follow the exhibitors? And I've got, I should tell a joke. On, I should tell on Kenny Wall. <laughs> yes, you should. Well, this is a good one. Kenny Walk. I'll get my group of 10 in the bitch class and, you know, I'm just about to set one off and I'm right in the corner and there are a whole lot of people just sitting on the other side of the ring because they could hear virtually everything I said. They were there. And I said to this woman, excuse me, ma'am, could you set your dog up? I'm not next. And I said, I'm looking and she's there. And I said, could you set your dog, your bitch up, please? I'm not next. And I said to the one who was about to run, could you hang on a minute? And I said, how do you mean you're not next? And she said, Ken Wall's, Ken Wall's next. And I said, well, where is he? And she said, he's over there. And I look over and he's over where his setup was outside. And I said, do you want to be, do you want to be judged? And she said, yes. I said, right, well, you're next. So send sent the bitch out and back and I go over her bitch and I get to the end of the tin and there's Ken Wall. And I said to him, I'm sorry, you left the ring. I assumed you didn't want to be judged. And he looked and he said, I'm sorry, sir, I had to go to the bathroom. And I said, don't lie to me. I said, the bathrooms are over there to the left. You were over there to the right. And he went, little white? And he said, yes. He said, well, do you know what it's like when you come to a show with not enough help? And I said, yes. It's worse when you have too much help. He said, I had two assistants arguing over a bitch. And I said, oh, so you didn't have to go to the bathroom? No. (laughs) Well, the people sitting outside the ring were in stitches. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) And I said, I suppose the owners of this bitch would like me to go over? And he said, oh, yes. I said, we'll set her up then. (laughs) You know, know, and people do it. They don't listen. I said, when I had it, you know, you get a marker when you've got these it was, you know, the dogs and the bitches there, and they had this marker, and it was a woman in a yellow jacket was the one I was keeping, and I wasn't keeping. It was the first one I wasn't keeping, but she was in yellow. I clearly remember it. And I said to this woman, she came back to me, and I said, see the lady in the yellow jacket? And I said, go in front of her, please. And I get the next one, and I'm going over the beach, and she came around, and I said, I looked a lot on the woman I just sent that I wanted to see again was on the end of the line, and I said, okay, see the lady in the yellow jacket, and I said, right, I want you to go in front of her and see the lady on the end, go over. As you go past her, say the judge wanted to know whether you'd like to be seen again because he asked you to go in front of the yellow jacket, but if you don't want to be seen again, stay on the end of the line. He doesn't care. And, she, and I look, I'm look, i looking what you and she's turning around and going, and I'm going... They don't listen. You know, they yeah. don't listen. They, they get into the ring. They go in the opposite direction. Everybody's done something. Could you do this? No, I do that. Out and back to the corner and they take off and do a try or something like that. You know, and you just you sit there and think, I suppose it was because I was a teacher. And, you, you know, you expect people to vaguely listen. I'd say, I don't use them anymore, but I used to say, could you do a triangle? And I'd come back and I'd say, I'm a maths teacher. That, that bore no resemblance to a triangle. I don't even watch <laughs> one. Before. It wasn't a triangle. Do a triangle. Go to that corner, that corner, and back to me. Okay. But, you know, and it, it, it's, it's good fun when, you know, you're there and you're thinking, don't these I people.
0: I didn't know it. you were a teacher, Peter, because now that like, I've gone through, I'm looking at the questions and whatnot, you've answered every question Without me asking you, because you're educating, so it's it's interesting. Now you see, you're a teacher. Like, I was going to ask you, do you have any advice for judges? Well, you've covered that. Have you had any advice for readers? You've covered that, and now you're educating others. you edu- I see the the politician in you too. So it's like,
1: oh yeah, well you've don't done. Anything me. for me next week? I'll be interviewing Sam McDonald instead of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have one more question for you, though. Go for it. Yep. Okay. If you were to meet the 20-year-old
1: Peter now, is there any advice you'd give Peter? Enjoy the ride. When I look back, will I look where taking a big, gawky, red Irish setter puppy into the ring has taken me. It's taken me all around the world. I've met friends and made friends all around the world, places I'd never have ever gone to. Um, and friends at home who absolutely you could depend on with your life. You know. So I would say enjoy the ride and smell smell the roses as you, as you go, realistically. Yeah. I think that's it. You're just it's you not playing for a sheep station. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. You're going to lose some, you should have won. You're going to win some, you shouldn't have won. But just go along and let it happen. Yeah. And but it I do it you. again in a heartbeat. That
0: was excellent. Well, I won't keep you any longer. That was great, Peter. Appreciate your uh, time.
1: Thanks, Will. And say, oh, how, no. say hello to Jill and Jill. I know Johnny's on the floor, but you know, say hello <laughs> yeah, to Johnny's, Johnny's in the chair now
0: over there. He, he's got to he get tired of listening to us, so.
1: Um, <laughs> <get off.
0: laughs> I so, will.
1: Um, well, okay, thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thank you, Peter, and uh, I, will, I will let you know when this comes out. Okay, thanks, Mike. Bye. Thank you, Peter. That was great. It was great to catch up with you. If you like what we're doing here, make sure you press the like, share, and subscribe button. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to me at, get a hold of me at will Dog Show tips at gmail.com. And don't forget about the podcast every Thursday, the Dog Show Drive with myself and Wayne Cavanaugh. Until next time.